special episode of the Right Angle podcast, Chris and Mel from Just Maths share their experiences of this summer's recent GCSE exams, the results their students achieved and how these outcomes will impact their plans for the year ahead. With so much to get through, let's get started. And Mel, this is a real treat to get to speak to you specifically about the recent GCSE results. So thank you so much for giving up some time at the end of your busy day. Um, this is a real special episode. Um, and I think one, you know, we've not done this before. Uh, one that our listeners are going to be interested in, you know, just stick it on on the way to work or, you know, whilst cooking dinner and just hear your insights into into these outcomes it's been another stressful and testing year for teachers and students of course um but before we talk about the results and the outcomes i just want to go back and ask you how were the exams the exam days how were the students um how did they feel about going into exams after all that disruption wow three questions in one yeah how how were the exams we, had, I suppose, to answer that successfully, we've got to rewind and go back into the period where schools were massively disrupted, where we had, uh, I don't mean just the school closures over lockdown, I mean when there were students in and out. And what we ensured all the way through was this assumption that exams were going to happen, even when governments, um, news reports were saying there's a possibility that they wouldn't be we were under the assumption that every every conversation we had with a student, with a parent, we are under the assumption we are working towards an end of year exam, like any normal year, like everything we've only ever known anyway. So all of our internal plans stayed the same, internal assessments, mocks, to the best they could have been, depending on when the schools were open, closed, kids in and out, but we stuck to the plan. So the, the students themselves and again, think about this year group that have just gone through year 11, that have given the school that we're working at the best results they've ever had. And we are really over the moon with the results, which um, I hope comes through this podcast. <laughs> I'm looking at Marcia going, yeah, yeah, she's smiling. <laughs> um, but the, the routines and the, I suppose, the everyday life that the students went through from year nine, because we're a high school that starts in year nine, we kept everything as as smoothly and as normal as possible. So an assessment or an exam, whether it be in the hall or in the class, was happening to the best of our ability. And it was always on the kids' radar, the students' radar, that they were coming. So whether some people missed them or schools were closed, it was never that we were talking about them not happening. So when yeah. it came to it, this was a three-year plan and a three-year story and a three-year journey with these, these students that they were working towards it there was never any deviation from it. There was never any talk of something different. Mm -hmm. We are getting ready for some exams. So I think our students, probably even more than I thought they would be, coped absolutely brilliantly with the exam structure. Yeah, I think we prepared them well with the advanced information. Um, and that worked really well. It gave them a great deal of confidence. They came out of paper one. Um, all, the vast majority were buzzing. And you, it gave them confidence for the second and the third paper. There was almost always us tempering it, going, but you knew what was going to come up and trying to calm them down. 
Um, we learned very early on back in 2017 when, and I, I talk about this a lot, that 2017 was really refreshing because what grade, what, how many marks do I need for a grade four, miss? I don't know. Just get 88 and 80. What do I need for grade five, miss? I don't know. Um, and then 2018, I think some people got burnt by seeing students, oh, 40 ish, 43, and then grade boundary shift. Mm -hmm. um, and so this time it was very much back to that. We don't know. Yeah, because we have to, yeah, we have to assume that everybody else is working as hard as you guys. And some of them will work harder, some will work less. Um, you so, like that, don't you? That, that being able to say, I just don't know. Yeah. So when that's yeah. 2017, I remember Mal saying, this is enlightening because I don't have an answer. I don't have any kind of insight. We're all in this together. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it felt like a little bit this time, yeah. isn't it? But all... for me, I think it's, we've all, and if you're listening to this, you would know those students that come out We've all got them in that class, the little keen beans that run up to you after the exam 10 minutes ago. I know I got 56 marks on that paper. Mm -hmm. Well, the reality is they haven't got 56 marks. They've probably got 42. But in their head, they knew they needed 50 marks. So they've worked to the point where they've got a little bit of bunts in the, the, their backpack, a Brucey bonus, and they've gone, oh, I can relax. I haven't got to keep going for the 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, and so saying you keep going and even on the day of the exam we were saying answer every question yeah. and looking at script viewer this week for remarks and I've sent Seager a couple to have a look the vast majority of our students haven't left a blank page that's that's amazing that is and that's down that is it's like you're you're saying and and I was obviously still in the classroom through the first lockdown and the you know the CAGs and the, the kids were coming in every day. Do you think they're going to cancel exams, miss? No, until that lands on our doorstep, it is business as usual for us. So we are carrying on with the same plan. I didn't deviate from the plan and it was consistency. And I'll talk a bit about this late, you know, later on. But for us here in the maths team, I think we've said to you, this is business as usual. We want no surprises. We want to do the same as we always have done because these teachers, centres, students, don't need any rocking of the boat this year. It has to be consistent in terms of our support and everything else that we've we've done. So that sounds good. It sounds good. And hopefully lots of the listeners are, are thinking, yeah, we did the same. Our students were good. They were confident. And I know there are going to be those clusters of students that just, I mean, exams exacerbate anxiety for, for some types of students anyway. But I think this year there was a, a, a lot to do with the well-being and the, and the mental health and support in schools. And I know there was lots of packages um, and, and programmes in place in schools to help. So I think collectively with a, you know, a steady ship and a continued progress plan, along with additional well-being support from the pastoral teams nationally. I'm, I'm thinking we, we had a, a good series and, and the students had a positive experience, which again, that's what we want. We want them to look back when they've got their own children and families later on, not to have those negative experiences of, of maths and, oh, you know, the maths exam was awful, I remember mine. We want them to remember that feeling of coming out and, and feeling planned and and prepared and excited. So, Chris, you gave a little spoiler there, <laughs> but let's talk about results. So, you know, spoiler aside, everyone's dying to know, like what happened? And 
would you consider this year to be a successful one for you guys? It was amazingly successful. Uh, the journey that the school has been on um, to be able to solidify in a set of results for us as an, I'll say new, we're not new at all, but three years, being able to actually prove that we can do this. Mm. We've been questioning ourselves every single day for three years because it's results that bring everything to fruition. Mm. And we, yeah, I'm just at that point because we we came from having done what we do in two other schools, then we had two COVID years. You start dating whether or not oh, you can, can you do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's been points. Luckily enough, there's been points, and the team we work with are amazing. They've really bought into this three-year journey of uh, right teachers, right groups, um, to then deliver it and having hugs off members of the department that precursor it by going, I'm not a hugger, but what a set of results. To hit the 80, almost 82% four plus, yeah. 76 or 66, was it? No, 66, five plus. Yeah. Um, in that, and again, the three-year plan coming to coming mm, to yeah. a head. So, so if, yeah. I'm, if I'm if I'm right at remembering the numbers, that's kind of fourteen percentage points increase on the previous exam series outcomes, right? At four plus. Yeah. So you were saying sixty-seven percent four and yeah. above back that in the pre-pandemic. Yeah. So pre-pandemic, that was the skirt the year the school had gone into special measures. Um, sixty-seven percent, something like forty percent five plus. Right. Um, yeah. Our gap between our four and five was massive, 20 something percent, 27, 28 percent. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's um, 14 percent gap between our four plus and five plus. That's incredible. Um, so just for people that are listening, you know, this is this is what we do. Like there, there are going to be so many hundreds of teachers listening, thinking they're plateauing. Right. I worked in a school that you plateau until you do something different so you know we were around 64 percent it was 63 64 65 64 you know never really deviated much until i changed we changed the, our methods we did crossover i jumped on the just maths train and it had an impact so for people listening there's obviously your website but you guys do a lot for us and if there's someone listening in now thinking we're at that plateau, we want to hit 81 percent, 82 percent, then they can get in touch. They, they, We can support them, can't we? You guys can support them directly and give them the advice and the tips that they need. But also there are so many training videos that you've done that people can look at on our on our YouTube channel on getting the grade for how to, you know, um, inspire those low low retainer learners what is the crossover so i just want to make sure people know that this is brilliant for you and and just i've never seen Sega smile as much as he has in the past kind of <laughs> 15 20 minutes very happy chap but and well deserved but you are passionate at sharing your experiences and your successes and tools to share that joy and and the hard work so they can get the same results in their schools so I'm sure we'll get inundated with everyone now wanting wanting to hear what it is you get up to but it, it can happen see us here come and see it in situ and see us you're not going to see jazz hands or something magical happening it's no. it's the it's the structures that are in place absolutely. with those, those type of students that you want to push over the borderline so yeah absolutely you know um can I talk to you about grade boundaries so <laughs> A very different year, some would say. We've seen 
some significant differences in the grade boundaries across exam boards. And like we said earlier, we have been really conscious here in the maths team not to rock the boat. No surprises. Um, felt that after no summer exams for three years, it was important to be consistent. So we are, you know, the centres can rely on us to provide that business as usual approach to build confidence and stability in our series. So one question, did Edexcel get it right? Um, I'd say so based on the knowledge we've got of how, because uh, it is all about context. If I consider that we, we only ever teach for three, four, five students in year 11. So we've got, we, we teach 100 of those a year, um, roughly 40% of our cohort. And so when we look at the students, we've got a very good idea of where those students sit and how they feel and how they perform. So I think, and it is based, we've looked at their data, from their last mock, which was what, six weeks before? Yeah. Um, so I'd say you got it right. I haven't looked in detail at the top end, but our top end figures would look fine. Mm -hmm. um, I think great, it's just an emotive thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's about preparing your students. What we have done is we've been looking at re, uh, remarks. Yeah. And we've had a brief conversation about how surprised, some one of the departments commented about, I'm surprised how many students are not close to the grade boundary and they've gone and it's because when we're, we're not focusing on 40 marks a paper 50 marks a paper it's about you get what you can let's aim for 80. yeah grade boundaries come out they're almost the final thing that just wraps everything up yeah it's, it's like the simple. rubber stamp at the end yeah. you're not driving towards any kind of grade boundaries mm. You look at the grey boundaries to help when, if you ever use that paper as a mock in the future. You mm -hmm. look at them if you, like Mal says, in terms of any possible remarks. Mm. But in terms of the package, no, not at all. You teach yeah. the kids well. Yeah. You go with exam boards of choice that you use because you are prepared for it, used to it, the support that goes along with it. Yeah. And the grey boundary is secondary. And it always yeah. has been for us in our mm. decisions. It's about teaching them, teaching them well, smash through whatever previous numbers were when you're yeah. doing those exam papers. And yeah. it's secondary at the end when it comes out in the wash with the exam. So, yeah. It's, so it's, we always use really high grade boundaries when it comes to mocks anyway. So say we use the November 19 papers, we wouldn't necessarily apply the November 19 grade boundaries. Oh. We'd use the highest out of all the settings. Yeah. Plus a little bit. Plus a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. we almost... Yeah have a dual column in our spreadsheet. One was, if we applied the November 19 grade boundaries, this is what would happen. Yeah. That's just for the us within the, the team and the head of, uh, head of maths. And then we would apply the highest set of grade boundaries. And I think at the minute that was summer 19 anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we use those because we always want students to, it keeps coming back to this, not limiting them to 40 or 50 um, and then we might then do a triple check and go, you, you get a feel for a grade four student or a grade, and you go, and also the student that you know that if they got a grade four in his mocks, that's it, he's done working. Yeah. But you go, if we gave it to that student, John Smith, at this point in March, a grade four, and he's done no work for it, that's, that's him done. 
Yeah, they take the foot off the gas, don't they? Particular students, and then you're in the danger zone because they they, they think they're going to breeze it now. Like I've got it now, it's in the bag, and it's like mm, you you got a couple of months yet. Like if you're going, I used to say to my students, if you're going up a hill and you've reached your rev count to get up that hill, but you're not at the top of the hill, would you take your foot off the accelerator? And they'd say, no, why not? Because I'd roll back down. Okay, so you don't take your foot off the gas until you get to the top of the hill and you've sat those great, you know, those papers. Yeah. And you the know, other, you keep other, applying it. The other cars are going to overtake you, which is the 30% students that you need to beat. And Absolutely. that's all we need to be. We need to be in the top 70% for the four plus. So just picking up on the grade boundaries, you mentioned there about using them for mocks as kind of your flag post, which is obviously the, the element of control you have. And, and as we've mentioned, there's recordings of how you do your mocks in our YouTube playlist. So listeners can go and have a have a look at how you do that. And we're going to repackage all these these events up so people can have a listen in as part of their CPD as well this year. But you mentioned there about um, you know the November. So what's in the plan next for preparation? So with those summer results, what are your thoughts about November? So if we if we've got some FE centres now, or you know the, the sixth form maths teachers now that are now dealing with their resit students, what mocks? What advice have you got for them? Would you shadow paper the summer? Would you use the summer grade boundaries? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I'm thinking, what would I do? Because again, like Mel said, this is unknown. We're back in the unknown territory. But if that was you, what would you be doing? Well, the problem with going for the summer 22 papers or, well, let's assume that the students have sat it and then yeah. you go for a shadow version of it, you're still only going to assess them on the same areas that came up in summer 22 and not yes. know if they've got a broad view of what an exam could come out like so i probably yeah. my gut feeling would not be to look at the 22 papers mm -hmm. um you, you've always got a quite safe bet in terms of the 17 and 18 papers but we all yeah. know that they were a little bit of a different ilk to where yeah. they plateaued and evened yeah. out to now Absolutely. but what you do have there is ones that have been untouched for a while yeah. Um, yeah and then you can reference them against higher boundaries that have come out since because they yeah. were tougher papers in general or different papers back then in the newer, yeah. in the newer world of the uh, nine to one when our reset students come back will we be sitting them a mock before that november one probably not it'll be the homeworks mm -hmm. the in-class yeah. analysis that you do yeah. rather than an assessment i think yeah i think we're uh, fe is quite or post 60 is quite interesting because schools will have different models some will have timetable lessons some will insist that attendance is compulsory, some don't, some have only one hour a week. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them as well won't be using in November. They'll give a whole year for certain students to run up till, till for the summer exam. So obviously the ones that... We, um, we try to put everybody in for November. Um, and I think also FE centres, if there are any listening to this, need to be aware that if they weren't, and a Pearson centre, or they've got somebody from a different centre, they can download that student's data they may not be aware of on yeah. Results Plus. Yeah. Because um, I think that's really valuable mm. about knowing where those students' gaps are for that student. 
um, well, we've released today. So today is the launch of the new online diagnostic assessments for these FE centres, because like we've said before, if they're coming from, you know, different boards, if they're, you know, been fed into as an FE college, and they don't have access to the, that data, they need to diagnose what these students need quickly. So there are three multiple choice tests now online um, with those key topics, very similar to how, you know, just maths works. If, if you know these core topics, you've got a good shout at getting this for. So they can do them in under an hour. Um, and then the teachers get within 24 hours, they get a downloadable CSV file where they can see exactly where the gaps are. Right. This student doesn't know percentages, doesn't know X, Y, Z, you know, so that should help um, with some of those issues of, of, of diagnosing those gaps and, and getting those key um, key topics under the belt, because like like Chris has said earlier, it's about not worrying about the grade boundaries. It's about knowing the content and knowing the common questions that we know are coming up every time. You know, those one markers at the beginning, like bagging all those, you know, the, the common questions and giving yourself the shout um, and then worrying about the grade boundaries after. OK, let's go back to your comfort zone then. Summer 2023. I know it's only the 5th of September, but so we've just talked about prep for November. So what's the plan? Has anything to do with the results and, you know, the outcomes this year? Have you started thinking about changing things? Have you got a different approach or are you, you know, what you've done in the past year, uh, past three years has been phenomenal. So are you going to do the same thing? The, the, the plan is always, always to try and get as many students onto the higher route as possible. Yes. That's always the plan. Now, what's happened with the COVID um, period of time and content not being taught because of out of our control, we probably have more on foundation than we would have liked. But that was at the safety net for the students, not Absolutely. for us, not for any no. results for the school at all, for the safety net for the students being in the right place. So the only thing is just fulfilling our three-year plan to yes. the full um, by getting more into that higher route. And we're not talking yeah. about back in the days where it was a vast majority of higher. We're talking about getting the right students based on their prior attainments yes. to give them access to the grades that they deserve. Yes. I remember Mal asking this question at the start of COVID. Is this going to mean you're going to put more into foundation? And the overriding answer straight away was yes. Because of content to get through that higher is a, such a huge basket of knowledge. Mm -hmm. By default, that kind of stuff needs fluidity, lots of time dedicated to it, and consistency, no gaps. So we knew that that was going to be the case. So it is just a matter of finishing off this plan, yeah. getting not yeah. more, my language is wrong there, not more than we need or more because that's what you're supposed to do, just more for this school being in the right route for them. Yeah. So that's, yeah. we just need to finish off the plan. Yeah, yeah. we're, um, the other thing we've looked at as a department is trying to do a bit more knowledge sharing. So we're getting other members of the team to come in with the super group. So on the days when we're both here, we team teach. On the days that I'm not, or the day I'm not in, Sega um, will be joined by another member of the team. That's always been the case and vice yeah. versa, because we teach two super groups. Yeah. Um, but then for the last two years, we've been supported by the same members of te the team. Yeah. 
but we're now bringing others to expose them to it so sharing a bit more best practice absolutely building um, that capacity in your team so it's you know everyone's working at the same level and with the same goals i think that's really important that would be the only changes um and there's nothing no change based off these no. results only no. rubber stamping that it works yeah the plan is coming to fruition yeah um, obviously a little bit slower than we would have liked because of the time out and it's just finishing of off that plan i think the clear message is so i'm always a big fan of when people stop their listening to these podcasts they've got something in their backpack that they can take into their department that day that you know the next day and say do you know what we need to do this and whether that is Seeger's consistent approach message about you know that the topics just focus on the topics not the assessment to, for the assessment in terms of choosing the right mock because you want the right outcome or you know, just just focusing on those key topics. And obviously your website, the Just Maths website talks about the core topics and then the, the big fat 50 and the super 60 and all of that kind of stuff where, where teachers can go and have a look at um, after they've finished. But also just that, you know, filling the kids with confidence, the repetition. We've always talked about the bread and butter starters, if they're doing that every day or every, you know, however that the frequency of their lessons are. It's the consistency and the, and, the, and that steady ship that builds the confidence of those students because that you know they look at you like the cabin crew on a plane, right? If if you're looking nervous or anxious or you look worried, then they're gonna feel worried and, and anxious. So having that confidence in your approach, I think, is a key message. But also the, the team approach as well, just making sure that you're all working as a team for the greater good. And I'm sure those departmental CPD conversations that, you know, we sit in hours of them in the insets in, in the first couple of days back in school. There will be centres listening today that want to make those tweaks because they are a 67% centre and they want an 82%, you know, next summer. So we'll open up our doors and our social media channels for them to get in touch with us at Emporium Maths or you guys at Just Maths. And if they want our help and support, then we are always more than happy to do that. I'm oh, conscious yeah. I've taken up enough of your time. I want to say a huge congratulations from all of us here. And we're so thrilled that you choose us as your board of choice to help you and your students get there. Um, any final words of advice for our listeners? I'll let Seager set out the last words. He usually does. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the way you summed it up there, Nick, talking about thanking, you don't have to thank us. We we choose it off our own um, off, off, off our own goodwill and our yes. own knowledge of what is out there for the support. Script yeah. viewer is second to none. Results yes. plus is second to none. Yes. The emporium and the bank of stuff on there is second to none. That's yeah. why yeah you're, you're right and and myself as a teacher and ex head of department it's the whole package isn't it it's the the support and the resources that goes goes with with the exams so for now i mean you are our first repeated podcast guest no one else has had a second episode so you are now up there with the accolade of like superstar <laughs> podcast guests so you know, we'll we'll put that on a, on another badge. We'll get you a trophy. You need you need a trophy. <laughs> but I wish you the best of luck um, on the start of the new academic year. 
from everyone here in the maths team until the next episode of The Right Angle. Please do take very, very good care of yourselves.